When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Getting a lot more interesting in the bottom of the fifth. John Lester into pitch gives up a hit and unleashes a wild pitch that allows two Cleveland runners to score. And it is now 5-3 into the top of the sixth in Cleveland. 5-3 for the Chicago Cubs leading Game 7 of the World Series. Of course, we will keep you posted on what is going on in the NHL tonight. Canadians up 2-0 on the Canucks late in the third. 2-2 Red Wings and Flyers early in the third. Not yet underway, the Penguins and the Ducks. The Raptors won tonight 113-103 over the Washington Wizards, Toronto improving to 3-1 and one on the season. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Oilers and Rangers on this station tomorrow, 3.30 for the face-off show. The puck, will, uh, the puck will drop at 5. On Saturday, second weekend in a row, we have a doubleheader for you. Eskimos game against the Argos. Morley and Dave will sign on at 12.30, kickoff at 2. We'll have that full game for you on 6.30, Chad, and it should end right around the time the Oilers game against the Islanders starts on Saturday at 5. We'll have that full play-by-play for you. Jack Michaels, Bob Stoffer, and then Rob and I will have overtime open line after the game. So that's all coming up on Saturday. And I'm pleased to be joined by the quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts, Ricky Ray. Ricky, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you again. I know the fans in Edmonton are always like to hear from you, and you still have a lot of people here pulling for you. But, uh, uh, I mean, it's been five years now. Does it still mean anything to you to come back to Edmonton, or is it just another another road city now? No, I mean, it still still has a lot of meaning. Obviously, um, you know, had some, some great memories and uh, was able to play on some, some pretty good teams out there. So it'll always have a a place uh you know in my heart uh to go back there and and, and play a football game so uh, definitely looking forward to it well final game of the season and uh mookie mitchell former eskimo receiver was recently inducted into the cfl hall of fame the canadian football hall of fame and i know the uh, the eskimos are going to do a little thing for him uh during the game as well i mean you were his teammate not for a long time but for a couple of seasons what what are your memories of uh of mookie and uh, the things that made him a special receiver yeah, um, you know, I got to play with Mookie, like you said, for a couple of years, and we won a great cup together. And, um, you know, he was just a guy with a lot of experience, you know, obviously, um, you know, coming over, you know, from Toronto and stuff. And uh, he just ran great routes. You know, he's one of those receivers that just had good body language. And, um, you know, he didn't fool you out there. And uh, you knew right where to put it, you know, based on, you know, what he gave you out there on the field. And uh, he was a lot of fun to play for. You guys it connected for a really famous play in the history of the Eskimos in the 05 Grey Cup. You had third and four to keep the game alive against Montreal, 
And I know for me as a fan, I was thinking like, okay, this is this is great. Nice, quick, short pass. Ricky's accurate. He can fire it in there for five or six yards and keep the drive going. And you went long to, to Mookie and <laughs> kept it going that way. Uh, how did how did that play uh, develop? And, uh, I mean, was that the call or did you improvise a little bit? No, we, we had a call where um, we had two short routes, um, you know, on the outside. And then Mookie was, was, you know, the inside receiver and he was running a corner route. And, um, you know, we're expecting to get some sort of zone coverage and, um, you know, thought we were going to get one of those those hitch routes. And uh, they ended up busting the coverage and the defensive backs came down and, and covered the, the low routes and uh, was able to hit Mookie on a 34-yard pass on, on third and four, um, which was, you know, huge for us to keep that drive going and eventually get down there and, and score and, and take the lead in the game. So... Um, definitely a big memory for me and, uh, you know, a big part of that game. Did you guys – were, you, were he, he mentioned to me once you guys were working on the angle of his corner pattern that week or late in that season. Do you remember anything about that? Um, I don't I don't remember specifically, but, um, yeah, I always like my corner routes, you know, nice set nice and high and, you know, to be able to float it out there and let those guys run underneath it. So, um, I've been been pretty lucky throughout my career, especially in Edmonton, to, to have some great corner route runners. You know, with um, you know Jason Tucker and, and Fred Stamps and Mookie Mitchell. Um, you know, I've had some great guys to to kind of perfect that route. Ricky Ray joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Uh, this is a live mic game on Saturday. Have you have you ever worn a mic before? How do you, what do you think about this stuff? <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't. I've always declined. Um, you know, just for being mic'd up. I mean, this will be a little bit different with being a live mic. And um, I mean, I'm I'm not totally excited about it. You know, if if I, you know, had my way, I, I probably wouldn't wouldn't do it. Just because, you know, I'm I'm trying to focus on the game, and you know, I, I got to perform well. You know, it's it's my job. If I don't don't perform to the best of my ability, you know, it. You know, I'm I'm trying to keep a job out there, and it's just something that I wouldn't. You know, I don't really want to think about, um, you know, while I'm out there. I just want to be able to go out there and play and, and focus on my job at hand. But, I, you know, I kind of understand, you know, the league's trying to, you know, make it more exciting for, for the viewers on TV. And, um, you know, it's just kind of part of something that you got to do as, as a player to, I guess, try and help grow this game. But uh, definitely not, not my favorite thing to do out there. I, I got to say, from the ones I've watched – I, I was curious about it, but but it hasn't added too much for me, Ricky. And because, um, I, I mean, I don't know what 42 zebra cut backflip <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like I, I, the terminal, yeah. the terminology to the average fan. I think even people who know a lot about football, because the terminology is pretty unique to each team, isn't it? It is. I mean, I, I watched. Um, I think the first the first live mic game between Calgary and Hamilton and. Um, even I, you know, I I didn't understand the calls. I mean, I know what what they're kind of saying in the huddle, but I mean, I don't know what their what their plays mean. So, um, yeah, like you said, for even for me, who's who's been around football a long time and been in the huddle, um, you know, I couldn't even really know what what they were trying to do or what they were trying to say. Uh, so I can imagine for a fan, it's just kind of sounds like another language out there, and. Um, you know, that's. I, I guess you do kind of get a little sneak peek into what it's like in the huddle. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's not too much you can take from it. 
Argos quarterback Ricky Ray joining us on Inside Sports. Hey, I, you know, I got to ask you this. I mean, I mean, look, we all read the standings. You guys aren't where you want to be. I'm, you personally, you had a bit of a tough year with injuries. I mean, you've had you've had championship years, you've had mediocre years, and you've had some tough ones like this one. How do you approach just sort of what you've had to go through this year, and, and what do you draw on to, to keep motivated and keep fighting through it? Yeah, I mean, it's always tough. Um, you know, when when you're not out there winning games and uh, you know, the season doesn't go the way that, that you want it to. And it's hard not to get frustrated. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing that you don't want to do. You don't want to, you know, let that frustration sneak in and um, affect the way that you're playing out there. So, um, you know, just over the years, I've just learned to, to just keep working hard and, you know, just try and, try and prepare and, and play my best game each week and, you know, do what I can to help the team win. And, um you know, it's just one of those years where it hasn't worked out for us, and uh, you, we just all haven't played as well as we wanted to, and and just didn't get the job done. But you just, like I said, just focus on doing your job the best you can, and and trying to help the team. When when you were a player, you had Jason Moss as a teammate for several years, and I can remember following the team and a lot of people saying oh Jason's going to be a coach someday I mean sometimes with players it doesn't work out that way but here he is I mean you're going you're to see him as the coach of the Eskimos uh, now coming up with ways to to beat you guys just what, what do you think it's going to be like seeing him as the head coach of the other team yeah yeah I mean it's it's been been pretty cool to see um, you know Jason's kind of coaching career kind of take off and you know I was with him in Toronto for his first couple few years, you know, as, as, you know, his first coaching job. And, um, you know, he was just a great guy to, to have, you know, as, as a teammate that's kind of helped me along, you know, in, in the process of my career. And, um, he's always had that kind of coaching kind of, uh, you know, pedigree in him, just the way he approaches the game of football and his knowledge of the game and, you know, how much he's helped me out. I knew he was going to be a, a pretty good coach and, just to kind of see it unfold so quickly for him uh, just shows that, uh, you know, he's got a lot of passion for this game and, you know, obviously a lot of knowledge and, and, and he's doing a great job. All right, Ricky, and I, and I know you guys are coming into town, uh, I think, on Friday, so you're probably going to do some questions with the Edmonton media there too. So, But I'm going to be the first uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll use the word. I'm going to be the first jerk to ask you this since it's the last game of the season and uh, you're 37 years old. <laughs> Next year, are you, are you coming back? What's your, what's your mindset for your future here? Yeah, I'm not totally sure. I mean, the last few years have been tough um, just with injuries and um, it's kind of been, you know, a little bit creeping into my mind on, uh, you know, it, it's coming to the end for me and, um, you know, every year I've kind of, thought about it a little bit um but really didn't make my mind up until after the year and kind of how i felt and stuff and this year is going to be kind of the same thing um you know i'm to be honest i'm not real sure what's going to happen or you know what i'm going to decide to do um as far as next year goes i mean there's a lot of different different things that um you know i got to kind of weigh um first is you know do i feel like i'm physically able to go out there and and play at a high high enough level to, to help a football team um, am I going to be reliable enough? Um, just you know, the way the injuries have been going for me, and and obviously, you know, if there's an opportunity for me with with the Argos or another team, so um, some stuff I'll, I'll sit down and think about, you know, with my family, and and obviously talk to the Argos about it, and kind of make a decision from there. But yeah, at this point, I'm not totally sure what's going to happen. 
Well, whatever happens for next season, Ricky, I know you're always welcome in Edmonton, and of course you're always welcome on Inside Sports. Thanks for sharing some stories about Mookie and uh, what's been going on this season, man. All the best. Well, thank you very much. Good talking to you. That is Ricky Ray, quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts. And look, Matthew, you just heard the clip. I did. That sounds like a guy. Now, we can we can speculate a little bit. We don't want to be too definite. That to me, that sounds like a guy leaning towards retiring. I agree. I don't. I don't think he's gonna be back in the CFL next year. Um, been a great career though, Reed. That's for sure. As wish, a player, I mean, maybe he stays yeah. involved in the CFL. I don't. I mean, he's been beat up the last couple of years. Um. I th- I think we got to be realistic here. If you're going to that game on Saturday, that could be Ricky's last game. I, I think you have to recognize that as as. I mean, I I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I, I think you have to. I I think there's a a decent probability that that's Ricky's last game in the CFL. I mean, this game might not mean anything in the standings. I don't know if the Eskimos are going to play a lot of their starters anyway, whether they can get third or not. Depends what happens between Winnipeg and Ottawa. But I think we got to recognize that could be the last time Ricky Ray plays a game in the CFL, and it would be in the stadium where his career started. 818 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Bottom of the sixth, two out in Cleveland. Cubs leading it 6-3. We'll be back. Hi, this is Jay Onright from FS1 or from Athabasca. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chin. Oh, gee, thanks, Jay. That's awfully sweet of you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Now through six innings, and the Cubs are up 6 Three trying to end their championship drought. You know, it's 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 funny. Matthew Panashik is our studio producer on the other side of the window. Does, does anybody remember that Chicago has won a World Series fairly recently? Or just because it was the White Sox, no one cares. Maybe the north side of Chicago did, barely anybody. But, I mean, everybody's forgotten that the White Sox won that World Series. And the White Sox have been pretty bad since that time. The White Sox They've done had nothing. An, the White Sox had an 87-year drought. They did, before they were called the Black Sox. But remember, they wasn't there a scandal involving them too, right? 1919. They yeah. weren't, that, that team is nicknamed the Black Sox because yeah. they threw the 1919 World Series to the Cincinnati Reds, which was a best of nine. Uh, the Chicago White Sox went 87 years without winning the World Series. They brought Chicago a long way to title. Oh, not the not not the uh, title the Chicago Indians wanted. Try to say that twice. Chicago Indians. Chicago Indians. Yes. It's just uh, I mean most cities have that one team that's dominant, right? Well, really, Reed, I mean, take a look at it. The White Sox didn't win for a long time. The Black Sox haven't won. When was the last time the Bears won was 85? Well, the Black Hawks went from 61 to, what was it, 2010 without winning. Yes, that's because of other things, bad ownership as far as I'm concerned. That's just my opinion. But, yeah, it's just, it's, 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 and I guess if you go to Chicago, you don't want, is it still U.S. Cellular Field? Is that what they call the uh, White Sox building still? No, they've changed the name, and it's a weird name. Weird, it's probably Weird Name Field. (laughs) 
<laughs> they've changed but the name. But you go to Wrigley. I, that's where you go. I have to look this up now because it's a very odd name they've changed it to. But they it, they have I given them the name rights. Of, so. I mean, I can keep track of the ones in Edmonton. Well, the hockey ones I have to keep track of, or at least look up when the Oilers go there. <laughs> Top of the seventh now. Uh, the uh, Cubs just starting to bat. You can get extended coverage on the Oilers and Eskimos by going to 630Ched.com, including more information on the Eskimo nominees for the 2016 CFL Awards. Sean White nominated in special teams and as the top Canadian, and he talked to our Morley Scott. It's always good to get those, but in the end, a great cup, another great cup would be great. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, this team has rejuvenated me. Edmonton's rejuvenated me as a football player, and I had a really awesome offseason where I just, I just really focused on training, and it's paid off. And uh, I'm looking forward to it again. I got a lot of big plans for this offseason, and, uh, you know, I had two best friends train with me every day. We train five, five days a week, Monday to Friday, only weekends off, and not one of them took a day off with me. So everything's paid off in the end and uh, it just goes to show hard work pays off. You, you talk about an individual award, Great Cup's the main goal. I always thought it's kind of weird that these awards, they have to come out at this time of the year, but the individual awards come out at the most important team part of the season, really. So it's, I imagine as a player, it's tough to kind of take in the accolades a bit. Yeah, it's it's fine, and uh, it's a part of the game. And, you know, again, after nine years, you get used to these kind of things. But, uh, again, it just, go, it just for me, it's... Uh, Personally, it feels good just to get those things. I just know all my hard work has paid off, and where I'm going in my career now is is I'm, I'm back on track. And, and also, it goes to show that of a consistency between Kinger and Jordan. Those guys make it look easy for or make it easy for me. And uh, it's just everything's going really well. Same with my new coaches this year. I was a little worried, but uh, they're great guys, and they just uh, there's no pressure. I can just go out and kick and play freely. I believe you were the Eastern rep couple of years ago for top Canadian? Yeah, in 2011, I was outstanding Canadian in the East. Yeah. And, Some beat me. Yeah. <laughs> and last year were the Eskimos uh, top Canadian as well. Yeah. Uh, Canadian special teams, is, is does one mean a little bit more than the other one? Uh, yeah. I guess that would be most outstanding Canadian. Uh, just it's a Canadian game, and you know we have to split as a 50-50 American Canadian. So it's good to be uh, shine out like out of all the Canadians that are here. But uh, I've never been up for a special teams uh, award, so I guess that's uh, that's pretty good. I've just never really thought about it until you're questioning me now. So I'm kind of thinking out loud right now. But uh, no, it's just good to get them all. It's all good. But at the same time, it goes. It, it, I share that with a with a bunch of people. It just makes my job easy. I think I've been consistent all year and that's that was my main goal I know I only played half a season last year and I missed two so going into this season uh, my my goal was to miss no more than four so uh, you know I, I've right knock on wood I'm, I'm one ahead of my what I wanted so <laughs> but uh, it doesn't mean you have one in the bag yeah this week and I got no wood to no knock on but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I don't. Again, I don't really care. People can. It's a freaking popularity contest out there. I don't. I don't really care. I, I've had a great season. I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed this year, and everything's been great. So whatever way it goes, whatever. But I think I deserve it. But whatever. <laughs> Eskimos kicker Sean White, the team nominee for outstanding Canadian and outstanding special teams player. What's the White Sox home field called now? Uh, guaranteed rate field. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's terrible. Still 6-3 for the Cubs. Colin Miller from FC Edmonton is one of the many things coming up in the next half hour. This.
This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Game 7 of the World Series, inching towards the finish line. Two and a half hours in, top of the seventh, one out. Cubs leading Cleveland, one nothing. Or it's not one nothing. It's six three. Uh, there is one out. There's a runner on first base. Six three. The clubs in front of the Cubs in front of the Indians. So I went back in time there to the top of the first. Uh, you can text six thirty six thirty. The phone number seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. NHL tonight. The Canadians shut out the Canucks. 3-0, that's good for the Oilers. A Pacific Division team loses. The Red Wings are leading the Flyers 3-2 with a minute left. Penguins and Ducks about to get underway. And the Edmonton Oil Kings rolling tonight in swift current. They lead 4-0 late in the second period. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers and Rangers on 6.30, Ched. Tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Face-off show, 5 o'clock. The game will start. Hey, big weekend coming up for FC Edmonton. Their head coach is Colin Miller. Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Reed. Thanks very much for having us back on the show. Now, like most of my guests, do you have the baseball game on while you're doing this interview, or do you not partake in the World Series? No, I, I could care less about it, to be brutally honest with you. I'm not a baseball guy at all. Uh, you, you, sorry, are you, are you from, uh, are you from is, I, now I always forget, is it Scotland? Yes, I'm from Scotland. Does so. does baseball have any traction or following in Scotland? No, I'd rather watch Celtic because uh, I'm a Glasgow Rangers man. But uh, no, I'm afraid I, I I hate to insult any baseball fans out there. But uh, goodness me, I I once went to a, a professional game and, and left after the third inning. And, uh, <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I could watch that. No, it was just too slow for me. That's okay, man. Uh, not not all sports are for, are for everybody. Um, no. You guys, though, have a big game coming up. You are going, uh, this is at Indy, right? Coming up on Saturday? Yes. Yeah, it's the semifinal of the championship. So uh, a real exciting time for us. Uh, Read the guys, uh, as you know, have put in a fantastic year for us. Uh, you know, it's been a, a, a memorable year for the club. And hopefully there's still another two games uh, to go because uh, the players have been an absolute credit to our club and to our city. All right, so this is it. It's not a best of three. It's not a two-game total goal. It's just one game? Yes, it's a semifinal, and uh, the New York Cosmos are playing Oklahoma uh, later on Saturday evening, and then the two winners will meet in the final. So if if we win and the, Co- the New York Cosmos lose, then believe it or not, we would... Uh, we would host the final the following weekend in, in Edmonton, which is fantastic. Okay, so they, it's not like a neutral site game like the Super Bowl or the Grey Cup. The highest remaining team actually gets to host the final. Yes, that's right. That's how it works. Okay, cool. Uh, so what's a, how does this matchup look? How did you guys do against Indy during the season? What are some of their strengths here? Yeah, it's actually the, 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 the team that we wanted to play in the semifinal read because they're we're very, very similar. Uh, they finished one point above us in the uh, in the fall standings and two points uh, above us in the overall standings. Uh, we beat them at home. They beat us in their place, and we tied at their place. We played each other three times, Reed, and uh, but very, very close uh, games in, in all counts. In fact, we beat, when we beat them here, it was in extra time. Uh, so very, very close call between the two teams. Big physical teams, both of us, uh, but both try to play attacking football. 
so I think it'll be a real good advertisement for the for the North American Soccer League. Uh, I just think it's a fantastic time for uh, soccer and professional soccer, certainly here in Edmonton. As a coach, Colin, what's your balance between game planning to counteract things the other team does well and between the other side just saying we have strengths and we have to assert this because yeah. I do think sometimes coaches can get overly caught up in, in what other teams are doing you forget to focus on your own strengths and be aggressive yeah I, I think that's a great point Reed. and uh, I, I'm of that opinion that uh, we don't go crazy with uh, you know bombarding the players with information about the opposition because at the end of the day it's what we do as a team uh, that matters. Uh, we, we make the players aware of Indy's strengths and how we will combat that strength, but we, we genuinely focus on what we are good at. And, and that's been the message all the way through. It has, it's not just for the, for the semi-final read. It's actually been my beliefs as a head coach of the club is, is respect the opposition, be aware of the opposition, their strengths and weaknesses, but let's make sure we have our own house in order. Are you guys healthy going into this game? Yes, we are actually, Touchwood. Uh, other than Tyson Farago, who got injured down in Miami last weekend, uh, last Friday night, we will uh, have Nathan Ingham as the backup goalkeeper. But big Matt Van Ockel, Albert Watson, Adam Eckersley, the whole, the whole group is fit. So we take a healthy squad of 18 players uh, leaving tomorrow from Edmonton. Um, we'll get into Indy uh, about 9 or 10 on Thursday, Thursday night. We'll practice on Friday, very early Friday morning, actually, and then it's a three o'clock kickoff in Indy. But there's a, a huge, big uh, festival going on downtown at uh, the square. So uh, there'll be a, a big jumbotron screen will be shown live downtown, and should be a real great day for us. That is the Winter City Footy Fest starting at uh, one o'clock on uh, Saturday. They're going to be broadcasting your game on a big screen. Well, I guess you can get there a little earlier, but uh, beer garden local music, live local music, food trucks. Uh, you got prize packs to Chateau Lacombe, Boston Pizza, the Winspear Center, Trey Carnales, among other places. So you're making it a big event, which is going to be fun. People can come out and get a crowd atmosphere, even though uh, they're going to be watching you guys play an away game. You know, I know I had Tom Fath, your owner, in studio about three or four weeks ago, and, uh, you know, he's, he, he's still faces uh you know he's still hoping that the attendance is 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 going to rise and you guys can do a little better next year what do you expect fan wise uh in in indy do, do they pack it are they boisterous or is it uh maybe a little bit of a quieter crowd what do you expect along well, those they, lines they, it'll definitely be a sellout which will be 12 to fourteen thousand. uh i would imagine standing room only uh they're they're arguably the biggest attendance wise in the league uh and and have been for some time now uh, they've They've done a great job of marketing the product uh, there, Reed. Uh, so we expect a big, boisterous crowd, but the only way to shut them up is to put the ball in the back of their net and, and do our job properly. So it'll be... And we spoke about this actually this morning at, at training, Reed, that, you know, it, in all honesty, it's 11 players versus 11. There'll be one ball in the middle to kick off, and then there'll be two goals. We try and keep the ball out of our goal and put it in their goal, and that's as simple as it can possibly be. Don't get distracted by all the hats and balloons and fireworks that are going off and all the noise that's going on in the stadium. Let's just focus on our job and be professional, and, and let's uh, let's do the best we possibly can for the Eddies and, and for, for FC Edmonton and the city. All right. I, I, I just out of curiosity, what if it's tied after 90? What do they do? 
Yes, we'll go to two 15-minute uh, extra time uh, periods, and then if it's tied after that read, then it, uh, it'll go into penalty kicks, and we practice today. Uh, because you, you just never know with these games uh, that they, they might go right to the uh, to the last penalty kick and we have to make sure that we're prepared for absolutely everything. Because you guys don't have overtime or penalty kicks during the season, right? No, no. It's just uh, three points for a win, one point for a tie and zilch if you get beaten. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, Colin, it's been a great season. I know you've kept us updated throughout. We've talked to a couple of your players uh, as well, but... Uh, uh, well, let me put it this way. It's been a good season. You want to make it great. How's that? So yeah. go get them in yeah. Indy. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Reid. Appreciate it. And hopefully we'll see everybody downtown on Saturday to you on the Eddies. Right on. That is Colin Miller, head coach of FC Edmonton, checking in. And, yeah, they do have the big Winter City Footy Fest uh, coming up on uh, Saturday at Churchill Square. Big viewing party as the Eddies take on the Indy 11. Good season for them. Colin Miller, always a very insightful guest, so I love having him on the show. It is still 6-3 for the Cubs, now into the bottom of the seventh inning. Nobody out as Cleveland tries to uh, stage a rally and break the hearts of Cubs fans that have been broken for over a century pop out to left for the first out in the bottom of the seventh. We'll update you to the top of the hour. Then you can keep it tuned to our newscasts. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You'll hear from Cam Talbot, and we'll talk about some comments Mike Babcock made after last night's game. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Hockey tomorrow. Oilers and Rangers inside sports back on Friday night. And then hockey games both Saturday and Sunday as the Oilers continue their five-game road trip. They will be playing the New York Rangers tomorrow. That is Cam Talbot's former team. He used to be the backup to Henrik Lundqvist. He was always working hard. I mean, he hated, like I said, the biggest thing is he hated getting scored on in practice as much as he does in games. And I think that was the big takeaway is, uh, you start to get complacent in practice, and, you get, and it carries over into games. And he he battles just as hard in practice, day in and day out. And uh, I think that's why he is as good as he is. And that's why I tried to take away from that is just how hard you have to work to get to that next level. And that's what I've uh, taken in my own game and and tried to mold from there. You know, always interesting when you hear that about some of the great players and Lundqvist, one of the great goalies in this era in the National Hockey League, certainly near the uh, closer to the end of his career than than the peak. But how you know the the great guys, they just want to win in every situation, and the great goalies can't even stand being scored on in practice. Rob Brown has told stories about that. So certainly Lundqvist with that mentality. Talbot off to a very good start for your Edmonton Oilers. Nothing wrong with his play over the last two games where the Oilers got a loss and uh, an overtime loss. Still 6-3 for the Cubs, two out, bottom of the seventh. Indians do have a runner on second base. John Lester pitching for the Cubs. Up to 43 pitches now. So what's that, seven outs away, Matthew Panashik? My goodness. Isn't that crazy? Seven and, outs from 100 year, 108 years of and, drought. And didn't you say at 7 o'clock when the third inning ended, you were like, hey, the game's on pace to end after three hours. And I said, it won't end after three hours. <laughs> it's, Once again, Reed Wilkins, old Wilkie, has proved me wrong. And Lester gets well, the strikeout. Well, just saying, playoff baseball, I mean, we're, that, it, just, it just keeps going and going. Always trust the Wilkie. 
Well, that's what they that's what they say. By they, I mean you. But I'm just the games always take so long. Uh, going to the top of the eighth now. Did you see the uh, comments by Mike Babcock last night? No. Go ahead. Talking about uh, Connor McDavid. Played uh, over 23 minutes last night. Babcock, who's the coach of the Leafs, obviously. He said when he saw that McDavid played 8.15 in the first period, he goes, you look at the sheet after the period and you go, yeah, that's great. You jam a guy out there every shift, like three in a row, stuff like that. It's hard to have the same pop, man. So Mike Bob Babcock, who used to obviously employ Todd McClellan on his coaching staff in Detroit... Criticizing Todd McClellan's usage of Connor McDavid. You know what? Sometimes Mike Babcock just needs to shut his mouth. Mike Babcock may be a great coach. He may be Canada's coach. Mike Babcock is taking teams into the Stanley Cup final, deep into the playoffs. But Mike Babcock should just shut up. There, I said it. I mean, like, seriously. Like, like, Oh, sorry that you're trying to play your best player. Like, sorry you're trying to get your best offensive player on the ice to score goals. I, I just find that to be an odd criticism and kind of a na-na-na-na-na-na type moment from Babcock. We know he's a good coach. I mean, do you think never at some point in his life he's going to play the heck out of Austin Matthews? Or, you know... Like Martin Marincin played like 25 minutes last night. I mean, you could say, well, why are you using Martin Marincin like he's Drew Doughty or P.K. Subban? Like, just, I don't know. Just, just, It just seems odd to me. You can text 63630. Got a few texts I want to catch up on. Tell Ricky Ray to drop an F-bomb. That would be the end of the live mic experiment. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't I don't think the players want to do that. But that'd be funny. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd find it funny. Probably a lot of people wouldn't find it funny. This is a good one, Matthew. Somebody who, uh, I, as, according to the records here, and when you text, what we do is we actually log into a website. It's not like I'm getting your text forward it to my phone we just log into a website and it refreshes every minute or two so it shows your text message and your phone number next to it and if you click on the phone number you can tell you can see someone's text history right so if you know if so, if someone texts the show every day i can look and see oh yeah that's that guy especially if he doesn't sign his name according to the records here this person has never texted the show before it just says hey when are the oilers going to make the playoffs <laughs> that's great they could this year. They, they could this year. Here's the thing. The Pacific Division is not doing well. Right? The Pacific Division is not doing well to start. You, you, we got to hope Anaheim loses to Pittsburgh tonight. Vancouver, after a hot, hot start, lost again. So maybe the Oilers can stay in that top three. I mean, you look at it right now. Uh, just hang on here. You got the Oilers with... 15 points. So here's the thing. The Oilers can lose tomorrow 
and they'll still be in first place even if San Jose beats Calgary. So somebody in the division is going to get points. Anaheim's at 10 points, playing tonight, already down one nothing. Vancouver's at 9 points. Calgary's at 9. L.A. off to a bad start. Their goaltending's in shambles at 8. Arizona's 3-6 and six at 6. If the Oilers can keep, you know, chipping away at points, winning games within the division, they might be able to stay into the top three. It's, it's not a good year for the division. Uh, Patrick says, I thought Connor was overplayed, just wasn't feeling it last night. That's from Patrick. Michael says, Todd and Babcock used to work together, didn't they? Part of me wondered if it was just a little good-natured ribbing. Well, maybe. This texture says, okay, the East-West rivalry in the CFL is Canadian. Leave it alone, as it's great having this East-West love-hate thing between us and them. Enough of trying to change things. Let's embrace our game and our format. Well, I, I guess my response to that would be, and, and you're clearly different, but, but a lot of the people that I talk about football with don't, don't feel like an East-West East thing when it comes to the CFL. They just want the two best teams in the league. Like, they're not excited that it, it's going to be somebody against Ottawa or Hamilton in the Grey Cup. Or, I guess, Edmonton could win that division. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 the, may, maybe I'm in some weird bubble where I'm the only one that feels this way. But I don't, I, I don't feel like people have that, oh, we got to prove our... Okay, like, here's the thing. If the BC Lions beat Ottawa in the Grey Cup... As an Eskimos fan, are you going to be strutting around Edmonton being like, we proved our Western superiority? I don't think so. I think either your favorite team wins or they don't. Who cares who they play in the final? I don't know. I, I, I think that, that the East-West thing is from an era that has passed us by. You know, they, they, they didn't used to play a, a full interlocking schedule until 1980. So there was some mystique to it. You wouldn't play that team a lot. Not all the games were on TV, so you might not even see an Eastern team on TV or very much until the playoffs and the Grey Cup. Like I, I just think that's gone now. So I, I'd sooner just have... And, and look, to, to this year it benefits the West. Fine, if all the Eastern teams were really good, well then fine, they should all be in the playoffs. right? Or all, all get the higher seats. I, I just for me, and clearly there's people who disagree with me. That's fine, and even Len Rhodes disagreed with me. But I don't feel a mystique to the East-West matchup, and I, and Len mentioned that well, people travel and and go. I I think if you want to go to the Grey Cup, you are going to go anyway. And let's face it, Winnipeg for a long time was in the East Division. They played Saskatchewan in the Grey Cup. Winnipeg's played Calgary in the Grey Cup. Winnipeg's played BC in the Grey Cup. And on a couple of occasions, they have played Edmonton in the Grey Cup. Didn't destroy the Grey Cup. So what if it's... So what, like last year, what probably would have been Edmonton and Calgary in the Grey Cup? Two 14-4 teams playing for the championship. I think that's good for your league. And if one of them got upset, then that storyline is good for the league. DW says, hey, Reed, the Eskimos should just go schoolyard for the live mic game. <laughs> go to the tree and turn left. Darrell, go long. Everyone else, just get open. That'd be great TV. That would be awesome. That would be hilarious if it, they just blatantly just call the play. Okay, Bowman out pattern. Walker, fly. 
You block. Zilstra, you're running a seven-yard in. That would, that would be hilarious. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Well, we're winding down the show. Here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to be back on the air tomorrow at 3.30 in the afternoon. Well, I will. Ched will continue. 3.30 in the afternoon for the fa- The station's off the air until 3.30 tomorrow. <laughs> Bob Layton can't come on in the morning. My microphone's on, but no one's hearing me. It's 3.30 tomorrow afternoon for the face-off show. 5 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Oilers at Rangers. Top of the 8th. Cubs 6, Indians 3. Game 7 of the World Series. It might end before I go to bed. Thanks to our guests tonight. You heard from Ricky Ray, Colin Miller from FC Edmonton. Len Rhodes from the Edmonton Eskimos. Brian Ramsey from the CFL Players Association. Dave Maloney from the New York Rangers broadcast booth. And Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer is Matthew Panashik. My name is Reed Wilkins. The Oil Kings quickly still up 4-0 after two periods in Swift Current. It's been Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Talk to you soon. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.